The following is a message from Parkview Church in Iowa City, Iowa. More information about Parkview is available at www.parkviewchurch.org. I really feel like we're at the heart of Psalm 23 uh, this morning. And so, you know, I think this is the psalm that when you go to a funeral, this is usually the psalm you hear. Or when people go through really hard times in their lives, a lot of times it's the words from Psalm 23 that people cling to during those times. I've had people ask me this week, what are you speaking on? And when I shared what I'm speaking, it's like, oh, man, I need that today. And so, again, it's an honor to bring you uh, such a profound truth today. Psalm 23, um, what's been really unique about it is that up until Psalm 23, a lot of the pictures of God were that God is our shepherd. You could talk about God being the shepherd of his people or our rock or our refuge. But Psalm 23 kind of charts some new turf when David said, the Lord is my shepherd. Like there's a personal part of this. There are 17 personal pronouns in six verses. And so we're going to do verse four today, and I'm going to read it to you. And I want you to listen for there's even a new twist that verse four introduces that we haven't seen in the first three verses. And let me read it and see if you catch Uh, what's even going to take this personal element of this psalm and take it to a higher level. Let me read it. In fact, you you can probably say it along with me, many of you. So uh, it goes like this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And now we get to verse four. Even though I pass through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Did you catch even the new level? Anybody catch it? English majors, you should have caught this. So um, it's a shift from talking about God in the third person. He is, you know, my shepherd. And did you catch in verse four, you comfort me, your rod your staff. And I think that's what's so profound about this psalm is that when you, in fact, if you charted your life and the times where you just felt like you needed God the most, those are going to be the times that you were in the valleys. In your hardest times, when everything else is stripped away, we realize we don't have as much as we thought we did. But when we're in the valley and you look up and you see how much you need God, that's when you cry out and say, God, I need you. I need you. So this morning, we're going to just see some profound things about what God invites us into when we're in the valleys. In fact, there's three things we're going to see just from this one verse. Number one, we're going to see the extent of his reach. Where can this shepherd go with you? You'll see the extent of his reach. You're going to see the source of our confidence. How can he say, I will fear no evil? Look for the source of our confidence. And then I think the most important part of the morning is how can we tell for sure? that we are walking closely with this shepherd. So let me pray, and we'll jump into this amazing verse. So uh, Jesus, would you speak to your people today? Because I know uh, there are many of us that are in the valley, or if we're not, we are walking closely with someone who is in the valley. And so we need these words today. We need your hope. We need to be reminded of how awesome of a shepherd you are. We need you. And so just speak clearly to your people this morning. In your great name we pray. Amen. All right, so let's start with the extent of his reach. Where can this shepherd go with us? He right away says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, in 
biblical times, particularly in David's time, the valley would have been a dangerous place. A lot of times Israel's enemies out-technologied them. And so they would have chariots and many times uh, Israel's people did not. And so if you were to be invaded or swept or attacked, the valleys would be the places that would happen. You would be safer on the mountains. So that was kind of built in here that a reader of David's uh, psalm here would track with that. And, and the phrasing here is also pretty, pretty clear that this is a tough place where the sheep is walking with the shepherd. Um, some versions say what I read, the valley of the shadow of death. Some versions may have said something like the darkest valley. The Hebrew is kind of vague at that point. It could go either direction. Basically, it's saying this is a really hard spot. Where the sheep is right now, walking with his shepherd, is about as dark as you can get on this planet. And I was just thinking through um, just the last months since the start of this year and things that, and, and you could do the same in your life. Like just think of some of the places of darkness that either you have had to enter into or you've walked through with other people. Um, things like uh, battling disease, battling cancer, things like just this week, a car accident that took the life of a man about my age who had kids and he was taking his elderly mom to a medical appointment. Somebody ran a red light and took him out. And there's some kids now without a dad. Um, people battling suicide or, or a loved one who has taken their life. People battling depression. People battling uh, unemployment or a kid who is rebelling. Had a mom come up to pray last hour and it was because her son is just wholly walking away from her and from her faith. Just the things that can just are intense places of darkness in our lives. Two weeks ago, I was out in the foyer and um, this woman came up to me. She's probably in her 40s, um, smiling, but just eyes filled with tears. You go, there's a story here coming, coming at me. And um, she's from Oklahoma. She was here uh, at the hospital because her husband was coming for a routine heart check. And when he was here, found out that he needed triple bypass surgery. So she's from out of town. She Googled churches and found Parkview. She came here. She said, I was so just, I feel like God led me here. She went to a class and the topic was dealing with suffering. And then she came in here and we were doing Psalm 23 and, and um, the, the passage really hit her. She said, thank you so much. I just know God led me here because we have suffered a lot recently. And I'm thinking, okay, it must be about her husband's heart deal. Listen to what they've gone through. Three years ago, they moved to Tulsa and they'd been there about six months and two of her children in, in their early 20s were murdered. They've been walking through the murder of two children. And she said, it was so powerful for me to come here this morning. And she said, you need to know that for my husband and I, we are closer to Jesus than we were four years ago because we've had no choice but to cling to him through these times. And he has been good. But she just started welling up in tears. And she said, but how good it was of him today to lead me to a place where the topic was suffering and I could be reminded again of the truths of what God provides for us in the valley of the shadow of death. And then to come in to hear and to hear you speak from Psalm 23. She was just rejoicing at how good God has been to her in the midst of her grief. That's what Psalm 23 verse 4 is talking about. Your shepherd can walk with you through anything through anything you're going through. That's the extent of his reach. In fact, when David wrote another famous psalm, I wonder if he had these, this concept in mind. Listen to some of the verses from Psalm 139. In fact, this, if you've not read this psalm before, this might become 
maybe number two on this psalm, top ten list. Okay, Psalm 23 is number one. Listen to some things from Psalm 139. He says, O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down. You are acquainted with all my ways. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. He's blown away. God, how can you care that much? How can you know that much about me, about every detail of my life? He goes on in verse 7. Where should I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, that was the place of the dead, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand will lead me and your right hand will hold me. If I say, surely the darkness will cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. That's awesome. But you have a shepherd that owns every square inch of this planet. There is not a place you can go that he is not with you. And so what even transcends that is that you don't just have a shepherd who's with you, but this shepherd who is with you loves you profoundly, more than you could ever imagine. Romans 8.35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all of these, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Did you hear that? Like all those dark, deep, dark valley things I mentioned, Jesus walks with us through those, not so we'll barely make it through, and oh, but that we'll be more than a conqueror. And Paul pointed to why would we be more than a conqueror? It's because of the love of Jesus Christ. Romans 8.38, I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, or rulers, things present, things to come, powers, height, depth, anything else in all of creation can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Just a few years ago, my parents live in Des Moines, and my dad was having a heart procedure, not a major serious one, but one that you know, he'd be there for a while. My mom was in an operating, in a waiting room. So I was thinking, I'll just go be with mom. And so the setup was, um, they had the intake area, like the prep area, then the surgery area, and then kind of the post-op area, kind of like a U-shaped facility. And so I'm there, here's the pastor's son, you know, praying with his dad before his surgery and all of that. And it was really cool. Except then I said, okay, dad, it's awesome. I'll see you on the other side. You know, and then his, his eyes... <laughs> His eyes got really big. It's like, what? You know, like, so if I'm going to, if I'm going to fumble as a pastor, I might as well do it with my dad, right? And not any of you guys. It's like, no, no, no. I didn't mean like that other side. I just meant right over there, you know, the other side of the building. I'll be there with you, you know, so it'll be no problem. But wow, you know, I was just like, dad usually doesn't get rattled, but his eyes were pretty big then. So what aren't you guys telling me? Like, what are they doing to me here? So but, um, you know, what's amazingly touching is maybe you've had a story like this, but do you remember, I mean, there's been so many highlights of this year, but earlier this year um, when Fran Nielsen's mom, she's 96 years old, and uh, she'd been pushing Jesus out of her life for so many years, but then a week before she died, Fran's mom opened her heart up and trusted Jesus as her Savior, and then like a week later died, and uh, powerful, you know, and so even just hearing them talk about the family coming around and, and, and saying goodbye and just how, how, you know, the things that were able to be shared. Um, maybe, you know, I've had that opportunity to be with somebody right 
to the end. Maybe you've had that, that privilege, uh, that opportunity. I mean, it just shows loyalty and love to be with that person to the last breath. But even beyond that, you know, we have a shepherd that doesn't stop there. Like, we have a shepherd that even can, you know, I'm going to go with you. Like, after that last breath, I'm still here. I'm still your shepherd. I'm still taking you forward. That is the amazing extent of the reach of Jesus Christ as, as your good shepherd. And so, um, one other thing before we move on about this sheep going through the valley of the shadow of death. Uh, there's nothing in this psalm that makes us think that this is a bad sheep, right? This isn't some guy that went off on his own and got lost, and now the shepherd's like, oh, I got to go get him out of the valley. Um, if you read this, it's the shepherd that led the sheep there. The shepherd is, is leading him there. And so why would a shepherd lead his sheep into a dangerous place? It's to get him to a better spot. And there are times in our lives where the Lord will lead us into a dark valley because I think he's trying to open our eyes to how amazing our shepherd is. That, again, you chart your life, and the times where God is, is the most real, where you grow closest to him, is when you're battling and when you're in the darkness and when you're in hard times. And God loves us so much that he'll walk through us, with us, through those times uh, so that we can see him and see who he really is and draw even closer to him. And we're going to talk about something else. Uh, sometimes the shepherd will lead us there because that's where people are that need some help, too. We'll talk about that in a little bit. So the extent of his reach is profound. He can reach us in the darkest moments of our lives. So now, even in that moment, we can have confidence because the psalm says, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So we can have confidence even when we're in the darkest valley of our lives. There's three things he mentions that give us confidence. One is his presence, and we've just talked about that. You are with me. I love Zephaniah 3.17. It says, the Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. That is who is walking with you. So his presence and then his power, he says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. A shepherd's rod would have been like a short, like a baton, like a thick stick that he would carry with him. And if something would come to attack the sheep, that's what he would use to hit. You know, if this is like a wolf or a coyote or a dog or something coming after it. So if you're a sheep and you're, you're comforted by your shepherd being there, but you also see that rod there on his belt, you go, there we go. Like that's what he's going to use to fight off that sheep. So you're comforted by the power that your shepherd has. The same deal, we can be comforted knowing that Jesus is our shepherd, the one who created all that we see. He merely spoke and it came to be. He controls and reigns over every square inch of this planet. Nobody tells him you can't do that. He does whatever he pleases. So the all-powerful God is your shepherd. It's not just some scrawny little shepherd going, I'll protect you. You know, it's like the real deal. He's got power. He's got a rod. And he's also got a staff, which means that he'll, he'll provide for us. He'll protect us. That, that, that it's typical. Like you think of a shepherd, you think of that big stick with the curve up at the top that was used by the shepherd to actually, if, if the sheep started wandering off, he would grab that sheep with that little nook and pull them back. And so that's another comfort we have is that as we walk through the valley, because sometimes in the valley we can get afraid, we can forget that God cares, we can maybe start losing our head about things, he'll just pull us back in. Nope, you stay right here, we're good, let's keep going. And so God loves to keep us 
to keep us in line. The ways he does that for us, we don't see a big stick come out of the sky, right, and pull us back, but he'll do that through his word. That's why you guys, in a very regular way, you have got to be in the Bible. This is how God will show you, you know, are you, are you starting to veer off the path? He'll bring you back. Two ways he does it for me is through his Bible. And then there are different times in my week where I meet with groups of men and we read the Bible together and they have access into my life. And if they see me not doing what this says, they tell me and they, they bring it back. They help bring me back. And so um, you, you need both of those in your lives right now. Make sure you're in this book and make sure you got people that love you enough to kind of keep you in line. I saw a powerful example of that this week where courageously somebody had to share some ways that this person was hurt and offended and the other person responded beautifully and just the way God moved in that situation was powerful but it took people committed to God's truth who cared enough for each other to just confront each other and God moved in that so uh, that's our shepherd our source for confidence is that he's with us he's powerful and he protects us and you know bottom line we're talking about Here's this is so important. Psalm 23 can't just be a nice, you know, saying or something from the Bible or a nice poetry or whatever you want to call it. I want it to be real in our lives. And the way you make this real in our lives is that you have to understand that Jesus Christ is this shepherd. It's amazing. If you just do a study through the Bible of this whole sheep-shepherd analogy, you'll see Jesus at the center of this all the way through the scripture. In Isaiah 53, for example, there's a verse that says, we are all like sheep. We have all gone astray. Each one of us has turned to his own way, but the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So it's 700 years before the time of Christ, Isaiah predicted there would be one coming to pay for our sins, the times we wander away. When Jesus first appeared in public ministry, John the Baptist spotted him and proclaimed, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. In John 10, Jesus identified himself as the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. You start seeing this thread and the dots connected that we're sheep who wander away. We needed somebody to pay for that sin. Jesus came as the Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. He's the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. In Luke 15, Jesus was hanging around who the religious people thought were the bad people. What are you doing hanging around with tax collectors? And Jesus told the story of the shepherd who left 99 sheep to go find the one who was lost and to bring him back. And that when he brought him back, there was a great celebration. And the picture is, Jesus said, that's a picture of what I'm doing for you. I have come to seek and save the lost. And when even one sinner repents and recognizes what Jesus has done for him, there's a party in heaven. So you see this theme here. And so this morning, this is the offer for all of us. Is it's not just that, well, Psalm 23's got some good words and it might help me through the day. Is that the invitation here is Jesus Christ wants to be your good shepherd. Not just these aren't just some distant verses you hope to apply to your life, but this is the way you can live day in and day out with a shepherd who loves you, who died for your sins. That means he's defeated your greatest enemy already, sin and death. He's offering to forgive you. He's offering to give you new life. He's offering to come into your life through his spirit, to be with you, to give you power, to conquer sin in your life, to move forward, to be able to reach out and help other people. That's, that's the invitation. That's Psalm 23 lived out today. is gonna be through Jesus Christ. 
And so my, my urge to you today is that if you do not understand who Jesus is or what he's offering you, Psalm 23 just leaps to life in your life when Jesus is your shepherd. So make sure you understand that, that you're a sinner. Jesus died for you, loved you. He's, he's here to set you free from your sin, forgive you, and to walk with you and move forward with you. So you can have the confidence that we're talking about here in Psalm 23. So the last thing I want us to see is this, is that let's look at evidence in our lives. So are we walking with this shepherd or not? Do we really understand who Jesus is and what he wants to do in our lives? I think there'll be two things present in our lives when we're walking closely with our shepherd. One is, is that we'll have courage in our lives. The verse said, I will fear no evil. Even in the darkest places of my life, I will fear no evil. So you're so released by the presence of Jesus, the power of Jesus, the love of Jesus, that even in those dark places, you can have courage. Um, I don't know if you've done this before, but our family has taken, and I'm horrible at this stuff, but our family's tried to come up with a, um, it's called like a coat of arms or a, you know, a family. This, these are things we want to be true of everybody in our family. And one of the, every time we do that, one of the qualities that always appears on that document is courage. I would, and first of all, I need, to, I need to model that, and I don't do a great job of that all the time, but as a dad, I want to show my kids, how do you live courageously? How do you courageously fulfill a commitment, even if it's hard? How do you courageously face adversity? I would love that to be true of my kids. I'll be honest, I would love that to be true of our church, that we are known for being courageous people, and that I think one of the best evidences that you are walking closely with your shepherd is that you'll be courageous. You think about the other key qualities of a Christian life, of following Jesus. You think of things like love or truth or mercy. All three of those are really dependent upon courage. That you can say you love people like Jesus does, but it's going to take courage to step out and love people sacrificially, to love people when they're not responding, to love your enemies. That takes courage. And if you don't have courage, your love is going to be small. You're going to love those that love you. You're going to love people when they treat you right. So to really love like Jesus loves, you're going to need courage for that. You're going to need a shepherd walking closely beside you, loving you so that you can love like he's loving you. Same thing for truth. We can know the Bible in and out. We can know what God says. We can defend the truth. But if we don't have the courage to share it with people or talk about it with people, if we don't have the courage to obey it in our own lives, you know, what good is that going to be? Uh, same thing about mercy. We can look around the world and see amazing needs and things that need to happen. But unless we have courage, we're not going to move in to that, to offer help to people. We're not going to have the courage to give sacrificially to help um, children caught in human trafficking or to sponsor, you know, orphans in Ethiopia. And we're always going to come back to, well, I'm not sure I have enough. I'm not sure. So our response to needs is going to be very small unless we have the courage of walking with our shepherd. So I think one of the greatest evidences, you know, we can say to people, I go to church, I'm a Christian, I read my Bible, I'm in a Bible study group, but if those are good things, obviously, but if they don't see courage, I think they're wondering, so why are you so afraid? Like, why are you so, why are you so stingy? Why are you so fearful, worried, and all that? It doesn't really reflect well on our shepherd. We really know that we're walking with our shepherd. We're going to have courage. Um, I've heard this analogy this week that a ship is safe in the harbor, but that's not, that's not why you build ships, to just kind of sit in the harbor, maybe to show your friends you have a ship, right? So really that ship is really designed to get out in the ocean 
to get out in the seas, to battle the waves, to battle the storms. And I would say that is true for us. If Jesus is truly our shepherd, it's not so we can just kind of sit around cozy. And here's kind of maybe a new approach here in Psalm 23. It's not Jesus isn't just in your life to be your insurance policy, that if I do have some tough, dark valley things come my way, then I'm ready. I got Jesus. I think it goes greater than that. I think not only will Jesus be the one to help you when the dark days come, but I think if Jesus is truly your shepherd, you're going to start running into the dark places to rescue people who are there because that's exactly what Jesus did for you. You're going to have the confidence that he's with you and you're like, okay, Jesus, let's go. And I think that's many times why Jesus leads his sheep into the dark places because it's in the dark places that you're going to find people that need a savior, that need a shepherd. There are so many examples. Let me just say in this whole area of courage that when you step out in courage, it fires people up. And I, that's one of the things I love about this church and being a pastor here is I see story after story of people courageously moving forward. Um, you've heard about my friend. He was here last hour. He's a physician. He's been battling cancer himself, stage four cancer. And once he understood who Jesus is and what Jesus is doing in his life, the man is living courageously. He told me early on, I want to show this world what it looks like uh, when God is in the life of a stage four cancer patient. So, and he's a physician. There's been times in the last couple months where he's doing rounds on his patients and he's got, you know, one of those IV kind of trains. Like he's a patient who is meeting patients' needs. He and his wife had the chance to lead two people to Christ during chemotherapy. Got to know this couple over three weeks on the third week. Um, they got to lead the couple to Christ. So living courageously uh, in the dark valley because of the shepherd who is with them. That just fires me up. And so many of you are doing that. So please, the shepherd isn't just your insurance policy if hard times come. If you have a shepherd who is this great and this good, and you're going to follow him and intentionally move into the dark places. One of our ushers this morning, his uh, daughter and son-in-law just recently relocated to a different country in the Middle East so that Muslims can understand who Jesus is. And just, again, a couple young kids at home, um, young couple giving their lives to do that. That's, that's powerful. That's living courageously because they know who their shepherd is. So have courage. And the other thing is you'll have comfort. Your rod and your staff, you will comfort me that even in the midst of the darkest places in our lives, there will be a peace I heard a story this week about a different guy that, um, uh, 32 years old, um, picture of health, uh, was diagnosed with something and died two months later. Just boom. Just unexpected, uh, nothing they could do for him. But in those two months, they found in his journal that one thing that really propelled him in the early days of his diagnosis was Psalm 23. That, that, that comforted him and that gave him courage to just live out those last two months. I heard the pastor that was going to visit him on the day that he died. And he said, you're going on the elevator, you're going to that room, you're just thinking through all the things you would say to this guy, you know, I'm so sorry, or, you know, what do you say? But when he turned a corner, he just saw the guy with a big smile on his face, and he said, I'm going to see Jesus today. I'm going to go see Jesus today. And just boldly proclaiming that to all the people around him. What do, you, what do you say in response to that? You know, like, oh, I'm sorry. No, you don't say that. You say, can I go with you? Like, you see, you see the hope and the confidence and, that comes because this man really knew who his shepherd was and what this shepherd could do for him. There's amazing peace 
uh, even in, in the midst of that. The Apostle Paul's a great example of that. Philippians 1, 20 through 21, he says, as is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If you were Paul's enemy, you would, that guy would drive you crazy because you would say, if you don't shut up, we're going to kill you. He goes, great, I'm going to go be with Jesus. Bring it. You know, it's like, oh, okay, well, we'll just leave you alone. He said, great, then live as Christ. I'll just keep talking about Jesus. It's like, oh, no, don't do that. And so we're going to put you in jail. And he goes, great, I'll just be joyful there. I'll lead all your prisoners and guards to Christ. Ah, you know, so we'll beat you and we'll whip you. And he goes, that'll be awesome because then I'll understand what Jesus went through and I'll understand the sufferings of Christ in a deeper way. You couldn't touch him because he knew who his shepherd was. He was so overwhelmed by, by the love and the power of Jesus Christ. And again, that's Psalm 23 coming to life for us today. That's, that's been my prayer. This isn't just a bunch of nice sayings, but this is really the way God is inviting us to live. This is who he is. This is how great our shepherd is. We're just a bunch of sheep, but he can do amazing things through sheep who just recognize how amazing, how awesome their shepherd is. Let me just wrap up with a couple of these thoughts. Let me actually, let me just invite you into a time uh, to just pray right now, because again, I know either you are walking through a valley right now, or you love somebody that is. So let me just give you a chance to respond and pray, but with your eyes closed, let me just read a couple of thoughts to you. With a shepherd so loving, you are so free not to be afraid. Because he is so loving, you can live without fear. Because your shepherd is so strong, it's okay that you're weak. It's okay that you don't understand what's going on. Your shepherd is strong. Because your shepherd is so gracious to you, so generous to you, then you are free to be sacrificial and generous with others. And because your shepherd is so wise, and so completely sovereign, you are free to trust him where he's leading you. And so you can passionately and wholeheartedly live for him wherever he is taking you. So why don't you just pray for a little bit, either for yourself, cry out, God, I need you, I need you to be my shepherd, or pray, cry out on behalf of somebody you know that's in a dark place today. Jesus, thank you for being such an awesome shepherd. Thank you for the courage and comfort we can draw from you even in the darkest places. And I pray that you do both of those things with your people this morning. God, comfort those that are in the darkest valley and please give them the courage then to live passionately for you even in the darkest valley, God. So you would fire up others that we could see, that I could see what they're doing, that I would live more courageous, courageously. God, may I be a man who lives like I have an awesome shepherd. May my family live that way. May this church live that way. We need you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Parkview Church in Iowa City, Iowa. Parkview's mission is to love God, love others, and serve the world. If you live in the Iowa City area, we invite you to join us in person for services every weekend. You can get service times and directions, download messages, and get news and information about Parkview Church by visiting www.parkviewchurch.org. You can also contact us by phone at 319-354-5580 or write to us at Parkview Church, 15 Foster Road, Iowa City, Iowa, 52245.